And thanks so much for joining me today. And you are one of the lucky few to be here as we're starting this whole podcast. So I appreciate it. Um, and you're, I just found out you're calling in from the I beach. Am. How's that going? Oh my gosh, it's going great. Uh, we're like, <laughs> we're like getting, I'm, I'm getting used to it because now my kids go to a school that they don't wear any shoes. And they have like dogs around and it's like a, like this, like hippie-ish like school. It's like a whole thing. We could do a podcast on that. Um, but yeah, just getting yeah. used to a different lifestyle that I think is going to serve us really great um, with what we want to do in life. So yeah, we're excited. So let's just start there. Like, what is your, what is your life now from a creative standpoint, from a creator, you're an entrepreneur. We'll get into your background in a second, but like, was there anything driving this decision to sort of access more of that as you are building your businesses and building everything that you're you know, I feel like depending on where you're at in your business, you have um, a level of energy and a need and, and goal in your life, right? And I feel like right now where we're at after um, being in business for over five years and doing a lot of the growth that we've had, I think our focus is sort of like going back into like simplicity and also like we focus on our family and that's like just we're we're weird you know we're weird so like we're just you know like focusing on that right now and i think coming to the beach allows us to like have a great excuse to stop working at a decent time and to like go and yeah. the sunset with our kids and gives us you know a, a great thing to look forward in every day so that's that's just something that we just wanted to do um and, and just focus more on like being healthy like a healthy business owner right and, and not right. being dragged into like the whole hustle you know mentality that we sometimes like fall ourselves into like I, I fall myself into it because i love adrenaline and i love what stress does to my body i love being stressed and like getting my projects out on time and like you know like a procrastination and i feel like that is that serves me for a little while until yeah until it's time to change it so until you start melting down and then, you know, then it's not yeah. so great. Yeah, actually, uh, me and my family, we lived in Belize for six weeks and we lived in Umburgis Key. And I think there's a beauty to the constraints that exist because where, what country are you Nicaragua. in right now? Yeah. Nicaragua. So, yeah. So, you know, as Westerners, we, we, we take a lot for granted. And I remember the first time I went to the grocery store and like, we're like, let's buy some cereal. And it was like, $22 for a box of cereal and you're like well maybe we maybe maybe we need to change yeah, things up and electricity would go out if it's cloudy sometimes like, like, you know, start like your own cereal at that point <laughs> like, exactly exactly that's exactly where we're at like even the gas station is like 40 minutes away and like we really need to get out of the house right now like need to like right 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 uh, so yeah it makes you like change quite a bit and like we're not eating out as much you know we're having to like be healthier i guess but there's always like a visitor that comes with a chocolate cake and so i'm like you know <laughs> so like we're, we're all about that <laughs> yeah all right so karen last time i saw you in person was in costa rica uh all the guests that i'm having on this show have some angle to creativity this is called the create tech, po create tech podcast where we are actually talking about the convergence of creativity and technology, but doing it in a really nerdy way, because I think there's so much content out there on these topics, but nothing about where it kind of intersects. And 
Um, I know all about you. We've known each other now for a while, but why don't you give everyone a quick bio background on how how the heck you got onto this podcast? Because I know, but I'd love to share about you know what you've been doing the last five years, what you're running, and we can go. Yeah, forward. absolutely. So. Funny enough, I graduated from interior design, so I've always had a heart for design and and architecture and systems, I guess, and structure. And then I moved into Salesforce, um, and so I started implementing Salesforce for business. You were like the poster child, then I got a design degree and I went right into I technology. Went into that <laughs> exactly. And then, after, like as as well, as we were doing that, my husband and I, JC, as you know him, um, we started our digital marketing agency. And we really sort of like focused on how do we create the best systems to allow us to create the give the best service to our clients. And that includes Mm -hmm. the creative side. Uh, We had you in our in one of our groups and you were speaking on this topic that I love so much. And it's how do you take something like creativity, you know, and how do you systemize that? And I thought that was amazing point because it is so hard to do. And a lot of the time, you know, when we're working with teams and, and our goal by the way for our digital marketing agencies like how can we create as many jobs in latin america that's really our focus you know we're very i'm very biased of course for from nicaragua but really our heart is in in creating these opportunities and while serving the u.s right with with an amazing right. um quality service that is able to help businesses get their message out there through branding through their logos through digital marketing ads right so, but yeah, like that's that has been our focus, and and for us, as we are thinking about growing people, systems is just the way to go. Like if you've read any right. other books out there, it's like every time that you want to provide a, a path of growth for people, like you have to have the systems in place. So it, it really goes hand right. in hand. Even though a lot of people, the creative side, when I when I'm going into my creative mindset, like how can I structure this to be? How can you structure creativity? It sounds like so foreign, you know, but right, yeah. But it's the key to success. And really quick, I just want to I just want to dive in a little bit deeper. Um, Hyde Agency and their businesses is actually I wouldn't I wouldn't say I've seen much in this space. Um, tell me about tell us about your business model because it's it's it's, it's you're actually building other businesses inside of inside of this. So share a little bit about like super quick what is what is it actually you're doing because I know a lot of people. Uh, don't have all the knowledge that you and I yeah. have. <laughs> so we're we're a franchise model. Um, we went into the space as a white label digital marketing agency, and we decided that we wanted to continue to support these agencies that we were serving in just a deeper way. And the franchise was really mm-hmm. that for us. So we've structured um, a model that allows digital marketing agency owners to be backed by operations, fulfillment, you know, all the systems that they need to grow and scale that they will have to sort of create on their own and they were not to be part of a franchise, right? So like just taking that alone, that, that allows them to like focus on how do I serve my clients in the best way and how do I continue to get the right clients on board? And so that, that alleviates a lot of the pain that I feel like we have as yeah. going into this entrepreneurial life. And it also makes you certified crazy because there could be no harder space to try to operationalize and document and make repeatable than creativity and marketing. I feel like, you know, I had two failed agencies because I could not do that. Like I would have loved, loved, loved to be part of Hype back in the day. Uh, Maybe in the next generation of my life, I'll be like a, you know, 55, 80 year old agency owner for you guys. But 
all of my challenges lied in the the lack of of these tools. I was great at the ideas. I was great with the client management, but it was about the fulfillment. It was about the consistency. It was about the learnings that come from following a process over and over and over and improving it. So like, how has that been going? Like, do you, where do you find, because you're dealing with people, personalities, emotions, like I can't even imagine. Oh yeah. I, I would say that, you know, we're still a baby franchise. I mean, it's two years, right? So there's still so much that we. How many units, by the way, like, would you count? I think that's a yeah, right metric in franchising. We're at 22 locations right now. 22. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. You know, like that's kind of crazy to to think about that in two years we've been able to like grow to this amount of of, of locations. Um, we take it in a when we're looking at about the franchise model, you know, we take it in a very personal way. So like when we're bringing this partners in, they really become family. And with that, there is like plus and minuses, I guess, you know, just like in any relationship, right? And so I I think like if you're looking at you know becoming a franchise of any type. Um, or becoming a franchise store specifically, which is what I can probably speak on. Um, relationships and people are really a crucial part of of anything working, right? Like we just talk about people from like a employee teammate perspective when it comes to partnership, it goes even deeper, right? And so, yeah, I will I will tell you that we have learned so much in this two years. We're actually revamping a lot of like the way that we're looking into how do we look at this franchise model to serve the digital marketing space. And we're even like doing a franchise 2.0 next year that we're really looking forward to to share with everybody. Um, I I do agree with you when it comes to like that entrepreneur side. You know, like if you if you want to become, I, actually, let's talk a little bit about this because I feel like you know when you're talking about becoming an entrepreneur, you've been doing the service. You're like if you're going into digital marketing because or branding because you are the doer, right? Like the technician, like you if you have read mm-hmm. the email. Yeah, to quote like the E-Myth, yeah, I was just going to say, exactly. first business book I ever read, E-Myth Revisited. 100%. So, I'm reading it right now yeah. and it's just like, oh my gosh, it's, it's, once you read that book, by the way, if you have never read this book, it's like somebody's telling you like your whole life story and you're like, what the crap? Somebody has lived this before, you know, like, and how, how am I living this? I'm not alone and unique. Oh my God. Exactly. I'm not alone. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, that's one of the things that we have learned through the franchise is that the people that we were really able to serve aren't those technicians, aren't those managers, aren't those um, entrepreneurs fully. So it's it's kind of like an interesting mix of like the three personalities to find the right person to serve. Um, but I will say if you're looking into entrepreneurship in general, you know, finding a way to create those systems that will be able to serve you, whether you are that entrepreneur right. or that technician or whatnot, you know, like just finding a way to to not create another job for yourself is the best thing that you can do. And systems are is the only thing that's going to allow you to do that. Yeah, like, look, I have big visions for this podcast and future episodes. I'm going to get AI generative experts and all this kind of stuff. But I feel like the base technology, yeah. you know, create tech, creative and technology, the base technology that you need to be successful in creativity is a system, yeah. is a process. And that can be run on any type of tools or whatever. But if there is not a a system in which you operate, your teams operate, your stakeholders, you know, we have listeners who are employees running creative teams. We have entrepreneurs, we have intrapreneurs, people doing other stuff, franchises. But if you don't have a system that everyone can align by, creativity is already wild and unpredictable as it is. You're almost like adding a 
crazy advanced, confusing part of it because you cannot you cannot scale. You cannot get predictable output. And if and when things go wrong, there's nothing to look back and say, "Oh, this is where the pro- this is where things broke down." Because you're just you're just winging it. It's just so hard. So. Yeah, you're in the mud, you know. And there's no way to like just be clear. I, I will say, you know, anytime that that I like to talk about, you know, the success that we've had. I like to start with like the failures that we've had because I feel like a lot of people just love it. the success is like, yeah, like go like watch whatever we have in the 5,000 list or whatever, you know, to like make it like that's wonderful. But really what matters to people that are listening is like, how, how have you, how have you messed up and how can I avoid messing up? So I want to hear the business side and the, but I also want to hear like the worst creative project you've ever Ooh. Like the worst, the worst experience, the worst, the, the most post off client you've ever had that, that shows what not to do, but take it away. <laughs> so I will say that thinking about this um, side of like, how do we like the, the ways that we fail, I think like the number one thing that we fail anytime that you're doing a service and especially on creative services, it's when you give clients too many options. And that's something mm. that even as a franchise, you know, even if we're not providing a creative service, just allowing too much freedom. Sometimes we think like, oh, like just providing them options and just for them to do whatever they want. That is freedom for them. That is not freedom for your clients. You're giving them a burden of having to make a decision. And that's exactly why they hire you to avoid that burden, you know, to avoid like having to make this decision. So I think like number one thing that I've learned in being in business and and through the franchise is like options are not always great. If anything, they are, are painful. They are probably one of the worst things that you can give to somebody that is an entrepreneur. You know, like just like I'm visionary. Right. It's like th- just they alone can think of so many options just from one option that you're giving them, right? And so just yeah, just thinking about that and, and sort of reformatting your brain, which is something that we've had to do. You know, like giving options is not always the best point, you know, but giving a structure and giving, Mm -hmm. you know, just thinking about e-myth again, like I feel like we are living it so much right now, you know, giving them a structure that is able to provide them the quality service that they need to have and in having a standardized way for your team even to to provide that. I feel like it's a hundred percent what we need to do, especially in creative aspects because Hey, like everybody can say that color is not the right tone of color that I wanted because it doesn't represent me fully. And my aura is like really more like a lemon gray, you know, like lemon green than, than this color. Like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> what, are, what, what does that even mean? You know, but yeah, if we focus on systemizing it and like just making sure that we're following a guideline for their benefit, like there is not a greater thing that we can offer to our clients, which is just yeah. knowing that there will be an end to a project. Right. And so I think like that's, one of the things I would mention. And I, and I want to expand on that because something came to mind that I, I this is actually um, a dirty secret to the options is, and I believe is that many creatives out there, agency owners, in-house creatives, whoever use the options strategy as client manipulation or stakeholder Ooh. manipulation, where they are wanting to allow the choice to be on that person so if something goes wrong if they don't like it if they show it to the board and it's not there that pressure is not on them the creative it's like hey you chose it you picked this path but it ties into your second point with systems and processes 
your systems and processes should lead to a deliverable that you are very confident is the best. And so if you lack that, then the options game is kind of like your your insurance policy to say, you know, I'm not quite sure, so I'm just going to give three and give it. But if your systems allow you to do research, client focus, um, it gets it gets you an end product faster so you can revise and edit and do things more rather than waiting to the last minute, then ultimately that, and you don't need to give options because your confidence level is high, your certainty is high, you're, del- you're designing from a place of intention. And, and again, if it's wrong, if it's not on track, you just go through the process again and output something probably faster and quicker and, and, and you just iterate and iterate. So I, I, I remember doing the options thing and it was like, uh, you know, it's like passing the responsibility to them and like, who cares? Like, whatever, like if it goes well, great, but you picked it. A hundred percent. And, and I, I love that you mentioned that sort of like lack of, of, um, just understanding like who you are and like your experience and what you bring to the table. Um, and, and, and having that self imposter syndrome still, you know, a little bit, and even while you're serving others, um, I, I think that's a hundred percent what that is. We're trying to hide that through saying that by, by saying like, we're well, giving them options to be able to give them a better service. In reality, we're just taking away the responsibility of putting in on the clients. Right. So I think like with creative side, you know, any, any project as a whole, I think like that's something that we need to be very cautious on because at the end of the day. Anytime that somebody is giving you money with anything, it's an investment, right? It's you're choosing right. you instead of somebody else. And that's a big responsibility that we all need to take very seriously. It's um, a value exchange. You know, they, they're giving you value. You're, you're delivering value. And we, we believe that like the value that's provided should always be greater than the investment a client makes in that. Um, but it's hard to gain those. It's hard to provide more value back to the process, back to the system. If so much of your time and effort is, is being focused on how are we doing the work and all the problems and nuances rather than the actual work product itself and actually getting the things, you know, if I have to spend 10 hours on a project and eight of it is managing a process and a client and two of it's actually creating Imagine the difference of that if it's eight hours of creating and two hours of management and process because you got it, you got you got it all taken care of. You got it all documented. Hundred percent. Would would you say that this this is also a lack of experience? You know, like you feel like people like going to that just because I feel like in the creative side and any project management side, like you really learn sometimes through experience, like anything in life, really. But you know, just having that one that first project that you completely failed at in terms of like having to do so many billable hours that, you know, like are way far from like what the client initially expected to pay. So you're like working for free at the end of the project, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Well, I do think actually, yeah, I've talked about this at Design Pickle, you know, we can have a creative on our team and they have two clients and, um, and one client is really happy and one client's really upset. And at the same level, we're going to have one client who's worked with two designers and one designer they love and one designer they don't like. In both scenarios, it rarely has anything to do with the creative output. Yeah. It has everything to do with the communication, with the knowledge, with the with the experience side of things. And so I do I do think that like if you're thinking about like how do I create a better end product, mm-hmm. you have to find a way to really if you don't have the experience 
this is where technology and systems and process really come into place because it it kind of gates people and guides people down a path. And, and so much of the waste I've seen in the creative process is often to augment for the lack of experience. It's, it's, it's like, it's like, you know, back in my agency days, we would have meetings and meetings and meetings and meetings and meetings and meetings and meetings just so that we could make sure we talked to every single person. And we were so worried about making the right thing that made everybody happy because I didn't have the experience just to come in and be like, yo, this is what you need. Yeah. Here's my fee. Um, take it or leave it. <laughs> Which they kind of respect a little bit more than the like, you know, the so and it's it's hard. It's uh, there's no way to get experience other than experience. Like it is it is a challenge. There's just so much that even if you're listening to a podcast like this, you know, or even if you're reading a book, you know, there's things that you have to like really just like stumble on and just like fail miserably at so that where you can like, OK, like I am taking this and I'm definitely learning from that. I think like for uh. For us, you know, like when anytime that we're looking at a creative project is finding a way to understand really what the client wants. And when I say really is because normally they tell you that they want something. Yeah. You know, but that's not really what they want or what they need right. in the, for their business and be able to explain um, the benefits of whatever you're providing in terms of the solution in, in a in a way that they understand it. Because we serve, for example, our, our agency, we touch with different industries you know like can be a roofer a plumber how do you explain this creative process to somebody that maybe like this doesn't like fit in their mind you know in terms of like okay like i don't even care about this color you know how do you convey the importance of this color or the importance of this design and how that's gonna like really represent them and does it even matter to explain because because that's because that's what we think about a lot like at design big old and I'm sure you're at, at, at height, like there are so many systems and things running behind the scenes that, that if you pull back the hood, your mind would explode. But it's, 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 I, I sometimes think like we've over indexed on trying to include our stakeholders in the process because of either the lack of experience or we want to bring them aboard. But at the end of the day, do they really care or do they just want the thing to, to accomplish the goal? You know, like, so however it's done, it like, doesn't matter. Do it. yeah, exactly. Is it going to, and that is the communication side, you know, like feeling yeah. confident enough to say like, this is where we were going to go. And you delaying the action of like approving this design is not going to help you sell more, you know? So like right. but approving this design and moving into the next step, which is maybe like working on your PPC campaigns or your brand, whatever, that is actually going to move the needle in the business. And that's where you need yeah. to know. Yeah. So like, Trying to like push them and, and communicating effectively, I think it's one of the main things that uh, for any project, 100% is is what we need. We have learned, you know, and and I feel like for us, we have a different background because a lot of our team, if not most of our team, is in Latin America, and Latin America is mainly serving U.S. clients after experiences of like BPOs or call centers and things mm -hmm. like that, where it's very customer service driven, not really strategic communication right oh like, yeah there's a difference between like ah uh, yeah like you're you're right sir you know like you and like using this language of like yes sir or like all this stuff like like one of the things that we say to our team was like do not ever say sir if you ever say <laughs> sir you're like that's not gonna like serve yeah. you at all and that is just like which yeah. <laughs> you're on a whole different level you have the experience and you have the knowledge and the fact that you know it's a different culture doesn't mean anything 
Uh, Absolutely. So build, building that uh, just confidence, you know, where our team is super important. I feel like this podcast, we're in the early stages, but we could, I could also do either a whole series on just the psychology of everything. Like, like forget technology. Let's just talk about the psychology of, of creativity because that alone is its whole monster. Well, it's, it's, I think we're talking a lot about the foundational stuff that takes you right. to going into from the creative side to, to the technical side or the, the techie side. You know, it's just how, how do you build that? technology is by understanding you know how you can like create something systematic out of something that you know like takes human effort into it and mm-hmm. now with AI and a lot of stuff like I feel like the design uh, industry as a whole you know it's gonna see so many changes or we're seeing it ourselves you know so mm-hmm. many changes out there even from photography to whatnot and so being um constantly I think wondering of like what this needs to look like in the next year, five years, two years, whatever that is, and how it needs to continue to shift so that way we're top of mind and serving our clients in the best way. I think that's our jobs as as business owners, right? right now. Absolutely. Now we're going to come back to that topic, but I want to hear really quick, biggest creative fail, what comes to mind? I think the biggest creative sa- fail happened um, very, very, pretty much in the early beginnings, and it had to do with communication. Um, it was one of those clients where, again, like big account, we were wanting to serve them in the best way possible. You know, those big, like just the first big clients that you're like, man, if I can really do great for this person, you know, and just allow them to do whatever they want and like just give them yeah. exactly what they want, they're going to refer me. And that was like one of the biggest mistakes, you know, that we could have made, you know, just like what happened? Like, like tell oh. me about the, the disaster, the specific. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, for example, this account, we had um, a client that was coming in and they were like heavily on wanting to have their brand and message to like really represent themselves. And they were in the industry. What was the industry? It was like a legal, like, uh, sorry, no, it wasn't legal. It was um, educational, but high, higher education. And it was mixing different services. So it was like the design of the website, but it's also like the mm. content of it. And so, it, and it was SEO. So, like, once you mix all of those things, you know, it's just, it's, yeah, it's it's a lot of a lot of like moving parts in there. But what we failed to do with this client was that okay, the, the content, the brand, it, it's there. That's amazing. You know, like we got it done. But they wanted to also have their messaging be represented in like some of the hidden um, articles that are for SEO. So that you know, like just thinking about like the how do we communicate what they had in SEO like that is like again communication like you don't need to have like all this like wonderful words and you know lingo just because you are so like we were trying to get this client to understand like if we could just put you know like school nearby or like whatever yeah yeah in that article (laughs) you know like we would totally like try to do that because to make sure that it worked and it was just a matter of communication because we delayed so much in the initial stages of the brand that by the time that we got to things that were um, more like more us like showing our authority in terms of like, this is what we know that we need to do. They had felt that they had so much power in the decision making mm-hmm. um, when it came to like the colors and all this of that that was not relevant at all, that we lost respect in some of the areas that, you know, like that we knew that 100 percent this is going to like hurt you if we don't do it the way that we want to do it or we know that we have to do it so i think just like that that in the beginning you know just was really hard for 
our team, you know, like mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be able to understand that, okay, like if I don't put, not my foot down in some ways, but if I don't guide the client in, in this structure, in this path, so that way they see the light at the end of the tunnel, they don't feel like they're not moving forward. Um, it's going to like overall affect the relationship, not only because because the creative project gets done, right? Like at the end of the day, that's one of the wonderful sides of the creative uh, products that like you're done with them. But the recurring services that we have with them really get affected if right. you don't like you take ownership on that first right. initial side. So, yeah. Well, so I I think about trust as you're talking about this because trust is a essential part of any successful service relationship. Uh, it could be a contractor that you're working with to remodel your home. And if you trust they can do the job and they make a mistake, you let them fix it. If you don't trust them, you're like, screw this guy. I'm going to get someone else. Creativity is no different. Creativity requires a high level of trust to get to the finish line. And when that's not set from the get-go, you can really be fighting an uphill battle with your clients, with your with your stakeholders, with team members that you're working with. Tying it back to technology, because I'm going to keep trying to do that. I feel when you have tight systems and even a little bit, you know, maybe not like recommended, but like some flashy tech, some things that that really tighten it up, you just it feels better. It's like a branding move almost. I'm I'm hiring a new executive coach recently. Um, actually just signed the documents this morning and it was so tight on the tech. It was like, here's the link, click this, this is automated, this goes to here. And I haven't experienced that in a while with the coaching experience. I see it in other areas. I was like, yeah. boy, she knows what she, she's a good coach. I haven't done one single session with her yet, but the tech and the process. Yeah. And I think it because it's like, look, we're not going to waste time on the things that can be automated and the things that we can be done with the system. Let's focus on what matters. And I don't get lost in it. And with creativity, it's super easy to get lost in communication can easily get derailed. So how do we tighten up all the ways as best as we can? So the process is there, the trust is there, and then really the focus is on the work, the results, the indeliverable. I think it, you know, it it goes back into like how you send expectations from the beginning. Like it really happens like day one where you're talking to these people before you even sell them of what is their expectation to get out of whatever service and you might not be the right fit for that. So being able to say no sometimes, which is the hardest part for a lot of business owners is really what's going to save your reputation, your time, of course, you know, and just having to go through experiences that are honestly just a headache. And obviously like there's learning opportunities from any bad experience, but I feel like there's some experiences that I could have not had experience, you know, like if I, if I, and just setting the right expectations, you know, like what are you expecting to get out of this this service or, or or project that we're doing together? And and reminding at every step of the relationship, are we meeting that goal that we initially mm-hmm. set mm-hmm. by this conversation or this requirement? Or, you know, like did we fail to serve you? Sometimes it's just a matter of like their perception. Mm-hmm. So reminding them what was the initial expectation, especially with mm-hmm. creative products or services, it's it's super important because as you're going through it, the relationship changes. So you always have to go back and like, what do we agree initially? Yeah. I always come back to the baby name psychology. I don't, I, th- I think I made this up, but I don't know. It's like, so I know you're a parent. I'm a parent. Uh, mad, back in the day when you're pregnant, I've never been pregnant, but I've gone through this. There's two outcomes. You can say, hey, we're having a baby. 
here are some of the names and you give some of the names and mom and everyone giving feedback and this and that, oh, that's cute. No, I don't know. That's kind of weird. And Or you say, here is the name. And then you just give the name and they love it. And, and there's no feedback because you just deliver on it. And I, I think that's like can sum up a lot of what we've been talking about. It's like, do you allow this, this space where we know communication can get mixed up, processing, all these timelines, all this stuff. Or do you step into creativity? Here's Here it is. Here it is. And if you're good at what you do, that shouldn't be a problem. If you, if you know and you have that experience. And of course, if you're not, well, you might be asking for baby name advice. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and, and it's okay. I feel like some of the time, a lot of the times, you know, when you're first building your business, uh, for those that are listening, you know, that are just getting started in the digital marketing space, um, sometimes we feel the need to like act like we know everything right away. And there, there's also a beauty in like telling your clients, hey, like I'm happy to go through this project with you, like your first clients. You know, I feel like it's there's beauty in being honest and mm-hmm. saying like, I want to work with you, with you on this. It's going to be our first project. It's going to be our first podcast. So I guess, you know, like whatever, whatever it is. And, and just going through that and being honest about it, I think it's, it helps a lot in the relationships and, and just, you know, just saying like, hey, like this is what I believe is the best thing and let's move forward from this and like we can do it. And, and if you need to redo it later on, you know, because your brand or whatever you didn't like it, I'm happy to do it again. You know, like maybe like, I don't know, like there's just different ways I think like we can help clients move the needle because they will experience feelings of, you know, imposter syndrome as well, right. like, you know, of like, is this brand representing me? Is this truly who I am? Like, they don't even know who they are, you know? And like, I'm right, of course. So just trying to like push them, I think, to like take action on the things that they know. That <laughs> and you're like, look, bro, if you don't set up ads, no one's even going to ever see your brand. So who the heck cares? Like, let's go. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. It's like, we, if we could like get a, had a dollar for how many people like focus so much on like the things that are you know like not even relevant like this button you know like yeah. here like this <laughs> all right so this is this is a podcast about technology we haven't even talked about one tool one tip anything yet so let's let me put yeah. the spotlight in your world right now you're using systems you're using processes you're using technology what's one or two pieces of technology in the creative space that you could not live without that you would just the wheels would fall off the bus uh, if these if these tools didn't, or and or something you're new with that you're really excited about, I think we can go both ways. Okay. Well, I don't want to say AI because I feel like you are going to have so many opportunities to talk about AI. You can only say it if you give me a specific tool and a use case. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. So what I would say is 100% your CRM for us. It has saved us so much pain to be able to have our all of our systems and processes in place. What do you guys use? You know, so we use Asana for okay. our creative projects, and we also use Salesforce for overall products. Um, so that it just helps a lot when, like, especially communicating sales teams with our fulfillment team, in this case, you know, our creative side, mm-hmm. it just really helps a lot. And we're now moving from Asana to, like, fully into Salesforce. So like, I would say just having a CRM that helps you, and it doesn't have to be Salesforce. We use Salesforce because that was our experience, and we knew that we wanted to build to, you know, over 200 teammates. I'm not saying do that. And we like knew already how to implement. So we saved a lot of money. So, like, just you had a free consultant on the Salesforce side. To- <laughs> disclaimer, they are big disclaimer. I'm not telling you as an agency yes. owner, go buy Salesforce and it's $150 a license. Yeah. There's so many other 
CRMs out there. And the other thing that I would say is um, Google Calendar, funny enough, like it's just one of my favorites. Love it. Love it. You're I not going to hear revolutionary things here at Craytech, everybody. You're going to hear the no. fundamentals and the basics. <laughs> We're going to go to the real stuff. Yeah. And if you can really focus within Google Calendar on the insights that Google Calendar gives you, mm. if you're really good at inputting your activities, whether it's like picking up your kids, doing, you know, whatever you need to do in your projects, like even if you do a little bit of sales, whatever it is, just inputting your calendar insights will give you exactly where you're spending most of your time. And I feel like as creative people, we often get overwhelmed with like, oh my gosh, I don't have time for my projects. I don't have time for like the creativity. But if you go and you input all that information, Google Calendar will give you, yeah, you spend like three hours in the whole week on that creative project. Guess what? You do have time and you'll see how much free time you have. So like, I feel for me, that has been um, a, a mind that shift even like it allows me to have freedom in my mind instead of like feeling guilty or anxious or stressed about work or whatnot even personal life just looking at my insights on google just saves so much like mental space as well because i'm not wondering if i'm doing the right thing i'm like seeing my efforts and that she'll tell you that should correlate to real results right so i love it all right final question here you run a big creative team um, we have listeners who are in-house managers of creativity, creative operations, entrepreneurs, and what is your one piece of advice that you could give to people who are starting to build their creative teams and or managing many stakeholders inside of this process, something that you've really leaned into over the years to build this really successful organization spanning multiple countries and growing and growing and growing like crazy. Wow, that's I feel like a very loaded question because there's so many things that that we could do. But I, I am again just talking about what we have discussed in here is building the right systems, but also giving ownership to the people. Mm. You cannot do this alone, mm. and you need to have um, the thoughts, you know, of other people that see processes in a different ways. You need to like hear your people, the ones that are designing on a daily basis to give you feedback on those processes and continue to adjust them. And so that way you, you're building the best systems for the people that you have. And also heavily focus on culture. Every business has their own culture. And once you're able to pinpoint the type of culture you want to have, that should correlate to how you're servicing your clients, how you are moving the needle forward for them, how you're serving your own teams. And I, we have seen it from firsthand, just having a happy team, you know, having a team that feels fulfilled because not only they're doing an amazing job, you know, and they're being creative every day, but they're being fulfilled in other areas really is what ends up being that final touch in those designs and allows them to be creative, right? So I think like that being the focus as a business owner um, is important for the the health of them. And, and again, it's, it's sort of like a selfish thing because it goes back to you, right? Like the more you give, it goes back into you as well. Well, Karen, Thanks so much for being here today as one of our early brave souls to come on to the Crate Tech podcast. Um, guys, if you're listening, Karen, her husband, JC, are just some of the best humans I have met ever. Uh, where can people find you? Where where can people follow you? What's the best place uh, for them to learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, follow, follow us on Instagram, Karen Height, um, or just go to theheights.com. So you can visit our site there. We have so many things like our annual event or our mastermind and more about, you know, high digital and so on. So I feel like that's where we try to summarize all the crazy stuff that we're into. Are you doing the conference at the same place as last year? Yes. 
Just a tip, yeah. if you go to that conference, make sure you fly into the right airport. That just is my only tip for everybody. Costa Rica's actually got two airports. Um, um, well, thanks so much, Karen. You have been amazing. Uh, we'll have the show notes and everything. And for everyone listening, you know, we'll, we'll be able to put the links of the tips, the tools. And of course, everyone, I hope you've learned a little bit. And really at the end of the day, have your systems in place and don't give too many options. That's the, there, there you go. That, that's, the, that's the whole takeaway. <laughs> Talk to you a bit soon, Karen. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. To stay up to date on all our future episodes, access show notes, as well as see our past great interviews, head over to our site, designpickle.com slash create tech. That's slash C-R-E-A-T-E-C-H. We'll see you next time. Take care.